Welcome to the St George's Leeds Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy the talk. We're heading now into our sermon conversation for this morning. And you might think, oh, this is a little bit of a different setup. Um, But we're having essentially part two of what we were beginning to look at last week. So we've been thinking in this series about being made for more, being made um, for God, to be in relationship with God, to be made for meaningful work, for the gift of rest, and also made for love, for relationships. And last week, we looked a lot at uh, the thinking about that, what scripture says, thinking through that for ourselves. We're made in the image of God for meaningful relationships um, that are interdependent and others-focused, not self-focused, in a community. And we mentioned last week that that's not just about one's romantic relationship status, because there's so much more to relationships that God invites us to than whether you're married or dating or single. And so we're looking at a much wider perspective as we look to this. And we look to Jesus in this as the perfect, whole human being, who himself related to all sorts of different people. And we looked last week at that key passage, 1 Corinthians 13, what God's love looks like. The kind of love that we can receive from God and offer to others because there is always enough as we build God's kingdom. So if you haven't listened to that, I encourage you to listen on the podcast or watch back online. Um, And this week we're going to hear some lived examples of that reality, of these kinds of relationships that we're part of. Experiences informed by scripture, that's how we're seeking to live. And I encourage you as we do this, we're going to hear from a few different people who have uh, said yes to coming and sharing a bit of themselves, of their lives. I encourage you to lean in, to listen. Um, There'll be different examples, and it's not a one-size-fits-all. So different examples will uh, strike differently with us. They might not relate so much to us, but we can learn from one another and from the passages that our friends are bringing to us today and reflect on where we're placed, not just what we need, but how we can be a blessing in the relationships that we find ourselves in. So you up for that this morning? Yes. And as people come up who might not always be used to speaking from the front, uh, let's give them encouragement. If someone says something really helpful, maybe a, hmm, that's a really great point. Can we practice that? Yes, I agree. Wonderful. So first of all, we're going to welcome up Rich and Dave to the sofa. Come on up. That's it. Don't go too far around because we want these lovely people to see you as well. Wonderful. Um, Rich and Dave, thanks so much for, for coming up. Tell us, first of all, a little bit, just introduce yourselves very briefly. Um, and we've, I've invited you here to chat about your friendship um, because you have a friendship that we'd love to hear about. So who are you? And, um, and then we'll hear a bit more about your friendship. So just introduce yourselves. Well, I'm Rich. I'm married to the lovely Julia. And uh, I'm a teacher by day and a parent by night. And um, occasionally fool about on bikes with this fella here. Great. Dave. Uh, yeah, I'm Dave. Hello, everyone. Uh, married to the equally lovely Lizzie, two primary school-aged children. Um, and, and as Rich said, we meet up and uh, go cycling. And I have to say, it's, it's a little bit uncomfortable to be talking about this just mm. because 
uh, as much as a friendship is sort of played out in public, they tend to be quite private. Um, and also, I'm going to have to say some nice things about Rich that I normally wouldn't say to his face. Yeah. Challenging times, guys. Likewise. Challenging times. Um, so, yeah, you, you have a friendship. You've built a friendship while in Leeds. And um, quite a lot of that friendship, I believe, is, is around cycling. You go out cycling. Um, so what, why is your friendship important? And what does it look like week to week? How does it look to be, to be friends? Well, we, because life is so busy, um, we've sort of carved out a time on a Thursday night to be able to get out on the bikes, um, usually in the dark because of the season that we've been in. Um, so it's a bit of trial by <laughs> endurance, isn't it? Crashing into things and such like. More on that later, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, we make the time to get out on a Thursday, go for a ride around the different woods around Leeds and then rehydrate somewhere later. Um, maybe carbo load a little as well. Yeah, we try and fit in a bit of that as well. It gives a time to unpack the um, misadventures along the way and also a bit of life from during the week. And, yeah, share more. How is that important one to, to well, you guys? Um, so my phase of life is that I'm, I'm working from home. So I, I spend you know, eight, nine hours sat at a desk. Um, so actually I, I have a need to get out uh, in creation, as it were, some fresh air and some exercise. Mm. That's actually really important to me. I hadn't quite realised that. Uh, and so this friendship really does bring that. Yeah. And um, are there particular challenges or joys to friendship? And maybe, I mean, we've, you've mentioned it's a bit uncomfortable being here, like saying nice things about each other. And I'm aware that can be kind of over-stereotyped when we talk about friendships and maybe friendships uh, between men, but we see as well in, in the press and in our culture you know, that loneliness and mental health and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, what are the challenges and joys of your friendship and, um, and anything particular about the way that you found it helpful to, to do friendship? Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> my first challenge is just keeping up because Rich is really fast. <laughs> um, but, I mean, there's the usual, you know, diary commitments. Uh, we've both got young children, so it's, it's very easy to be busy. There's always something that needs doing. Um, uh, and so, actually, this, this friendship gives me uh, an excuse to sort of look beyond those things because there will always be something that he's doing and maybe looking at the, my own needs, uh, you know, that need for, for movement, exercise, fresh air, being out in creation, that kind of thing. Mm, definitely. Yeah, I mean, Julia's said to me before now, Rich, do you think you need to go for a run? <laughs> um, she's not had to say that, say that since we've been going out for these weekly bike rides. So, um, yeah, it definitely does something, connecting with someone else, remembering I'm not just a dad, not just a teacher, but I'm my own person in my own right. And um, dare I say, Dave's equally strange as me, and therefore yeah. we kind of connect on that level. <laughs> Amazing. So it sounds like it's intentional, yeah, and uh, it's, it's built up over time. It's not just happened. Um, and then you're going to be planting at some point in the future mm. with Julia. So what might it look like to look to the future and, you know, seasons of life don't stay the same? No. Um, to, what does that mean for kind of friendship and being intentional? We'll have to make sure we carve out the time to do it. We've done it so far, so we're sort of in that, in that vein of making sure that it's programmed into the diary. Yeah. Um, because it's important and it just helps us remember, yeah... We've got our own interests in our own right, and it, it helps to ground us, I think. Um, certainly for me, I need that regular input, otherwise yeah. I just get into a routine of doing my thing. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll make sure it keeps happening. Yeah, I, th I think it's that if you make it, a, if you decide it's a priority, mm. 
you move other things around to make it work. So, yeah. as you said, it, it's got to be intentional, particularly with the, the greater geographical distance. Yeah. yeah. And is there um, a passage or a verse of scripture that, as you've reflected, speaks into this and helps frame, frame this for you from that Christian perspective of, of living this out in faith? Um, mine was a bit tongue-in-cheek to start with. You know, the bruised reed doesn't get broken, <laughs> um, which is from Isaiah and then quoted by Jesus in Matthew. But as I read on with that, it made me think, yeah, it says the smouldering wick will not be extinguished. And I feel like when we get together and we have a chat afterwards, first of all, we've gained life from getting out and doing the exercise and being out in creation, as he said. But and it builds something in you and helps you rekindle a bit more of who you are as an individual. Yeah. And yeah, strengthens your faith through that. Mm. Yeah, uh, for me, the one that came to mind was, um, was Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Mm. And I can feel at a very basic level, you know, I get fitter and I'm a better cyclist for having spent time with Rich. But I think deeper than that, actually, because there is that opportunity to practice friendship, um, I, I become a sort of more rounded, peaceful, mm. nicer person. Not so say that, say that um, verse again, that's really helpful. Proverbs, where is it from? 27.17. So as iron sharpens iron, finish your point. So one person sharpens another. So one person sharpens another. So just let that land for a moment. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. So it might be helpful for us to reflect who are those people that we are sharpening and sharpen us. Amazing. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Wonderful. Let's give them a round of applause and have our next people on. So for this next conversation, we're going to have two different conversations, but I'm going to invite Shirley up and Lucy to uh, chat now. Do we give them a round of applause as they come. And pick up a microphone. That's wonderful. Um, and Lucy, first of all, we're going to... Um, chat to you and you've really kindly uh, offered to share a little bit about caring for um, an elderly parent which you've done a few years ago when you cared for your mum yes. for a couple of years um, and uh, as we were chatting you shared that that looked like her coming to live with you for about 18 months um, and could you share what what was your um, reflections on that as you looked back um, what was the, the response from others and what motivated you to, to do that? Because it's a season that many of us might find ourselves in or, or come up in our lives of caring for family. Um, well, what, what motivated me was that uh, there was the need. She was, um, she was getting frail and um, losing her memory a bit. And uh, she had been looked after by her sisters, and, but they'd got their own health problems. And uh, she's my mother, so uh, it, was, it was natural. Uh, I've got four other siblings, and I was the only one that was available at the time um, for her to come and stay with us. And at the time, we didn't know um, how long that was going to be. Um, but, you know, it was, it was a need. It was an immediate need at that time. And what was others' um, kind of responses to that? How did you find that landed? Um, I, I was very surprised that... So it was as the longer she was with us, there was um, a lot of... I was quite surprised at the number of sort of negative reactions, ranging from somebody saying, oh, I couldn't do that, or, um, you know, put her in a home. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then one very positive response was from our 
a Pakistani neighbour who said, of course you should have her. She looked after you and now you've got to look after her. Mm -hmm. And um, obviously there are challenges in that. There are highs and lows. It's costly. Um, what was some of the, the inspiration or how did faith help, help you in that? Um, well, uh, the, um, I couldn't have done it on my own because um, I was working at the time. So um, it was a lot of teamwork, was, uh, the support of David, husband, and um, uh, the church family was really important. Um, when we were at church, there was always somebody that came and a particular person that came and um, brought her a cup of tea and uh, somebody else made a point of going and chatting with her. Um, and um, teamwork for my own siblings, if we were we had to go on holiday or something, uh, they'd look after for a week or two. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, faith and trusting God was very important. And is there um, a verse for you or from your relationship with your mum that, that spurred you on, that helped you? Yeah, uh, well, my, my mother's um, favourite verse that she quoted very often, or passage anyway, was from um, Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. And sort of kind of paraphrasing it is it whatever is true, right, pure, lovely, think about such things. Whatever you've learnt from me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. And I think that probably was etched on my brain as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. And it's really helpful to to share that. Um, you know, some of the things people are sharing, it's you know, it's of our lives, and that might not be for everyone. Um, that. You know what exactly one person has done might not be the same for everyone, but that um, that trusting it to God and letting the peace of God lead us um, with our families is so helpful. Uh, can I just say it was just I mean there were challenges, but uh, and um, it was busy, but very rewarding and a great privilege, and we had a lot of happy memories. Mm. Thank you, mm. thank you so much, Lucy, yeah. for sharing that. Stay on the sofa with us as we talk to Shirley. Um, Shirley, hi, thanks for joining us. Yes, it's good to be here. Um, we've been chatting a little bit about being a colleague. So we've been talking in our series about being called to fruitful work, uh, and some of that looks like paid employment. Um, and being a colleague can be a bit different to being a friend, to being a family member, um, in a relationship with someone. And so um, tell us about your context and what it looks like for you to be a good colleague. So I work for a company called Crisp, it's a technology company. I've been there for a little bit over 11 years. And during that whole time, um, I've been building relationships uh, through different roles. Um, I just changed to a new one, um, just in the beginning of February. And um, it, it's almost like that, that Crisp kind of has become another type of family. But still, you have to keep professional. So I think th um, throughout the years, um, having built relationships with different people, different teams, I find myself in a position where people can confide in me or they ask me for advice or they ask me, you know, just, you know, how do I deal with this or they just vent. Um, and I don't think I've ever had to say, you know, I don't remember saying I'm a Christian or anything, but I think throughout the years, um, I can feel God kind of 
directing me towards certain relationships or using me in certain ways. Um, and I think that one of the most recent realizations that I've had is um, it happened at work a couple of times in the past, but it didn't hit me until recently. When they asked me, what is it that you like to do? Because whenever I change roles, they make sure that I'm changing into something that, that, is, that I will be you know, having fun or interested in doing. Um, and I, my answer is always, I just like to see people develop. I like to see people grow. And then recently, I, through you know, different situations in, the, in our church family, whether through sermons or Bible studies, one of the things that I, I know, if you think about uh, my Christian faith, I'm passionate about discipleship. You know, we all have different gifts. You know, I, I always said growing up, I'm not an evangelist. I'm not an evangelist. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all called to preach Jesus, right? But my passion has always been about seeing people grow in Christ. And I realized that at work, I'm doing the same thing indirectly, I think, you know, in my different roles. That, um, the one before this one, I didn't have any authority to do anything. It was more about influencing. Um, but now, in my role, I can actually take that a step further and, and make sure that the people in my team are developing and are growing. Just like uh, I like to see my brothers and sisters developing, growing their faith. Mm. And is there anything that God has used out of your character to, to redirect that for, for good or things that are really helpful in the professional world and the business world that God has also used? Um, you mentioned one to me. About being a problem solver and being able to... Oh, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I grew up in a family. Was, I think it was all of it. It was my dad. They always, um, he always said, sure, there's always, you can always do something better, right? You, can, you think you've done this well, there's a way to do it better. So I think I grew up in a family that was, um, uh, I like the word critical, but you know, it's, it's about continuous improvement. But I do know that as being the older child as well, you know, telling my siblings that they're, you're doing it wrong and this is not the best way to do it. I, I, it, it you know, I've developed this critical skills or just, I am critical, I am, you know. Um, that could be a, a positive thing, that could be a negative thing. I think at work, it's worked out to, to my favor because I've been able to help the company improve in different ways and sometimes I can be direct, sometimes I do, I'm a little bit indirect. But then um, I know that if I bring it to a home context or a friend's context, I know I, I've learned over the years that I, it's not, no, I shouldn't be, behaving in the same way, or that shouldn't come out in the same way that it comes out at work. Um, so it's one of those things that I, I can see that God has given me some s skills that if I don't use it, I need wisdom basically yeah. to use that skill. Um, and that's when, you know, books like um, James, you know, recently in our International Students um, Bible Study, we just finished the book of James and that's one of my favorite ones. In the, and there lots of things in there, you know, be slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to become angry. Um, the passage in 1 Corinthians 13 as well, how can, I be, how can I show love to people at work, at home, my friends, how can I show kindness? I, I always say, I'm not kind, I'm just not kind. But how can I let the spirit, you know, slowly mold me into somebody who is more kind and yet, how can I use my, uh, my critical <laughs> skills, I yeah. guess, to help people develop and grow? Yeah, thank you.
So we just heard that uh, passage from Philippians, whatever is true and noble and lovely, think on those things. James 1.19, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. What difference might that make as we take that into our weeks and the places where we're going to be this week? Thank you so much, both of you. So nearly there, we've got a couple more short conversations. The next one is a video. Uh, we're going to watch uh, Rosie and Metab talk about their friendship. Um, and it's just as similar to what we've just done, but they're just going to talk to camera because they couldn't be here today. So we're going to listen to them and what their friendship through St. George's they met at the church picnic a few years ago. So we'll watch that together now. Uh, for me, it's important because uh, we're like sisters and it goes beyond just kind of a surface level friendship. I think the main thing for me is like when I go to Meta's home, it feels like my home. For me, it's um, we spend time together, um, we laugh together, we cry together, uh, we celebrate together and uh, most of all that we show each other God's love and God's love that's um, bigger than anything else. Um, if I think, if, if I don't see Rosie or not, I don't talk to her in a week or once a week, I feel like it's been many weeks or many years. Uh, I think for, for me, week to week, hopefully it looks like seeing each other in person, but sometimes it's like a FaceTime or a surprise through delivery <laughs> through the door or catching each other at church and sitting together at church. So it's different every week, but there's some kind of contact, even if it's just a little message. So one of the joys uh, was in lockdown, we were able to um, bubble, that's it called, bubble yeah. together, um, which meant we got to see each other a lot of times. Uh, I think one of the challenges has been over different seasons, working out how to navigate that together when lots of other things come in, because for a time it was, we could basically only see I go one, it's uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. Um, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. So whenever I, do- I feel down, I call Rosie and uh, we talk. I cry in front of her so many times. <laughs> and uh, she always says, yes, you can do it. So we just encourage each other. Uh, I've learned some Metham's generosity and hospitality and opening up her home and she's always ready to welcome other people in and do things for other people. So it's been great for me to see that and I've learned what it can look like to you know, have a, like a family in Leeds so neither of us have family in Leeds but it feels like we do because we, we have a uh, people of different ages and different backgrounds and different cultures that we can share all the celebrations with. And I, um, in, in our friendship, what I um, think is the most is honesty. We can just honestly say anything and we know that other person will understand and will not feel bad about it. So, 
as we mentioned, we don't have family in Leeds, and there are a few other people kind of uh, connected who also don't have family in Leeds, and we've kind of created a bit of a, a day trip group. <laughs> um, not on purpose, really, just by chance over the years, we kind of collect different people along the way, and we've been to the beach, we've been to adventure parks, we've been all sorts of different places, um, and that's a way of including other people in a family here um, and just having lots of fun together so it'll if it's someone's birthday then it'll be likely that we'll all do something for that person and just a way of always bringing other people in we made a joke that maybe we need a minibus soon <laughs> soon yeah for summer trips we need a bus because cars are not and now the whole church is coming <laughs> So I hope those conversations have inspired you today and made you think as we reflect on our experiences of relationships and particularly looking to the big picture of scripture in that as well. And it might be uh, that you want to go back and listen to that first talk and then reflect on some of your own relationships and friendships and connections, how you can be a blessing to those, how you can allow Jesus uh, to shine from you in those places. Um, and remembering some of those passages, iron sharpens iron, that we can encourage one another, um, that we can um, be quick to listen, slow to be speak, slow to become angry. Um, and so we're going to head into our response time now as we do. And maybe over coffee today, it might make the difference of you chatting to someone maybe you don't know or reminding someone, saying something good about someone that you value and love um, because they are important in our relationships. So thank you everyone so much. Thank you for um, sharing as well for those who have shared. Thank you for listening to the St George's Lead Sermon Podcast. For more talks or information, visit stgs.org.uk.